When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Bizarre Conspiracies. My name is Eric Tino, and with me today is Conrad Toll. Going to be talking about a, a new cryptid, uh, butterfly people. Although I wouldn't necessarily say cryptid, and I guess you'll find out what we talk about. Yeah. Uh, this was the- from 2011, so uh, yeah. I, gu- I guess fairly new. Fairly, fairly recent, not too long ago. So this all began in. Joplin, Missouri, 2011. Tornado, right? On a hot and humid Sunday afternoon, it was May the 22nd, 2011. A supercell thunderstorm that was tracked from the extreme southeast Kansas into the far southwest of Missouri. This storm produced an EF5 tornado that went right over Joplin, Missouri. And this caused incredible destructive, I guess, uh, into the city. You know, I think it lost something like 161 lives. Yeah. I didn't I didn't take down notes on uh, the and loss. And the uh, thing is, it um, for every uh, 60, uh, for every person that died, it destroyed about 65 buildings. Mm. So it, the number of buildings destroyed was like 2,000 or something like that. Oh, my God. It it was in a large port, it, you know, it was a large portion of Joplin, Missouri, that was uh, completely devastated by this tornado. And yeah, I got the statistics here now: uh, 158 fatalities and over a thousand injury uh, injured people. Mm-hmm. This uh, this was recorded as the seventh deadliest tornado in U.S. history, and uh, I'll probably insert some audio uh, here. During this tornado, though, there were people, mostly kids, with their reports of butterfly people. Now, have you heard of the butterfly people before this, Conrad? No, this is the first time. First time. And people say that they saw them during the tornado, like as it was happening. And from that day, there were pictures that came up, stories of missing children and survivors. And, <clears throat> you know, the, the main mystery remains, um, who are these butterfly people? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have here a story of one of the survivors. Her name is Emily Heddleston. Have you, did you run across the survivor? I, I, I didn't. So she tells a complete story of uh, her day. Now, this is a little girl. I think she's about 12. Her, like I said, her name is Emily. And she gave her whole story of what she witnessed that day in 
pretty good detail, and I want to share that with you today. So she starts off with remembering how the how the day started, telling the events of her brother Joe, who was graduating that day, talking about how uh, she looked up to him. In her eyes, she was a great older brother, and how she was so happy that he finally made it to uh, graduating, right? And she remembers mundane things like uh, going over to her neighbor's house to borrow a dress from her friend to wear, fixing up her hair. Yeah, what girls do to get ready, right? <laughs> she describes her family saying she's 13. Michael and Maggie are her twin brother and sister. Joe, who's 18, and Ty- uh, Tyler, who's 25. And she goes on, none of us knew that it would be the last time that we'd ever see our house, the house that I grew up in, or even yet the neighborhood that we ran as a little kid. Now, when she got to the to the school for the graduation, they all sat down, started taking pictures, and she noticed everybody smiling and you know, having a good time. It's a graduation. It's a party, right? As soon as they call her brother's name, Joe, some of the family members uh, start to get up and, you know, they start to leave. But she said something inside her told her to stay and sit down and, uh, you know, stay next to her dad and her mom. So she did. That's when tornado sirens went off and her dad got up, started looking around, uh, went up to a window, didn't notice any strange weather right away. So he decided it was it was OK to leave as long as they because, you know, they lived just like I believe down the street. She said it was she wasn't very far from her home. And, Another thing to notice, uh, note is um, there had been, I think, two false reports of tornadoes sure. earlier that year. So. False reports of tornadoes are notorious uh, for loss of life because people start to not pay attention or take heed to tornado warnings. So Mm -hmm. um, there was a little bit of that in play. Exactly. And uh, her brother Joe got in a car with his friend and they were going to leave together. So that left uh, Emily, her mom and dad ride home back together. And as they were driving back home, they had the radio on and they were listening to all these reports uh, telling them that, you know, <laughs> this weather is creeping. It's really it's it's going to get real bad. And while they were listening to this, they had to stop for gas because they were low. And she noticed that it was getting darker and darker outside very quickly. So she was getting scared. And at this point uh, in her story, this is where this is where things start to get real bad for her and her family. They got back out on the road, still noticed uh, it was getting darker and darker. Then they see a red light and a truck that stopped in front of it. And as they pull up slowly behind it, she notices a Jesus sticker in the back of the, the, of the window of the truck. Out of all things, this is this gets her attention, right? She, she, she's starting to look at this as a sign. She had her intuition earlier, right, to stay inside. And then she notices Jesus sticker of all things, right? Crazy weather. Well, her dad starts driving like hell because he wants to get home in a hurry, right? He doesn't want to stick around driving near a tornado. He wants to get inside their basement. Well, out of nowhere, a piece of hail or hail starts uh, falling and a piece of hail hits and breaks her back window, causing her dad to lose control of the car. And she noticed they're driving straight into the tornado now, right into it. She said the next 30 seconds, it was the longest 30 seconds of her life. 
She tries to put her hands up and pray, and she she starts to feel numb, which isn't good. And she's thinking in her head, she just wants it all to be over. And then she kind of blacked out for a minute, but then the next thing she notices is that they landed right by a nursing home. And her parents are yelling, Are you okay? Are you okay? She replies, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But then they turn around and actually see her. They're like, Your leg. Oh my god, Emily, your leg. And she looks down and she sees a lot of blood. But she stays calm, right? Just calm. Her parents are freaking out. She's just like, yeah, you know, let's just get out of here. Or well, her dad gets out of the car and tries to get her out of the car through the window because the door uh, wouldn't budge open. And as soon as he gets her out of the window, he's, he tries to carry her, but his arms give out. He's got cuts all over his arms. He's got bruises. He, he's too weak. He can't. He drops her. And then he breaks down and, you know, starts crying and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, over and over again. And, you know, the little girls are like, it's all right. Just, I think I can limp over to the nursing home if you just help me. So they do. They limp over to the nursing home. And, oh, man, it just gets, it gets really bad. So after all that, they finally made it inside to the nursing home. Where they get safe. She lays down and her mom is looking for something to bandage her leg up. Well, her dad leaves the nursing home to find uh, his other kids, right? Because mm-hmm. the older one that graduated just took off in the car with a friend. And so he he's out looking and he, he gets separated from Emily and the mom. Uh, but she's still laying down. She's starting to feel the pain. She couldn't feel the pain before. Because she was numb, but now she's starting to feel the pain as she's laying down. She begins to fade in and out of consciousness. You know, she starts to get sleepy. And uh, her mom is just like, you know, you got to stay awake. You got to stay awake. You can't fall asleep. She tries her best, but her eyes, you know, keep closing, opening. She says, the last time... I closed my eyes is when I felt it. The calmest touch ever. I can't describe the feel of the touch. It again was something I never had felt before. It was a it was a calming touch on my left shoulder. Then I heard this voice, the voice of an angel, or what I presume to be an angel, telling me everything is going to be okay. And that's when I woke up to Taylor shaking me and telling me that I had to stay awake. So at this point, she she wakes up, she regains consciousness, and then. Because they're in a nursing home, right? A nurse walks down into the basement and she said, I had a feeling that someone was injured down here and I had to help. So she looks at her legs, she bandages it up and she, she gets the bleeding to stop. And she says, all right, you're okay for now, but you really got to go to a hospital, right? Out of nowhere, this man she'd never seen before, neither the girl, the mom or the nurse, never seen this man before, just walks right in, goes down into the basement, picks up Emily, says, okay, look, I got a truck waiting outside. These guys are going to take you to a hospital. And she says, I can't quite describe the, the sensation, the feeling, but he smelled a certain way. I couldn't put my, I just, I can't put my finger on it. He, he smelled good, but it was just something I never smelled before. And so this guy puts her in the truck and these guys are like, all right, we're going to get you to the hospital. <laughs> they get to the hospital and guess what? The hospital's destroyed. The hospital, there is no hospital anymore. It's gone. <laughs> it's it's like maybe a wall left. Uh, yeah, the hospital was hit very hard. In fact, um, when it lost power, um, five people inside the hospital died just from the fact that the hospital didn't have any power. Jeez. Yeah, it was real bad. But there was still, uh, you know, um, hospital uh, employees running around, like doctors and nurses. So they got her on a gurney, and they were able to put an IV in her to keep her... Uh, from dehydrating. They said, all right, look, Freeman's Hospital. By the way, the hospital that blew away was St. John's. And she said, the, the nurse tells her, look, we heard Freeman's is still up and running. Tornado hasn't hit there yet. Go 
go there now. So this other truck comes up. It says, yeah, we're headed that way. Come on, get in. They put her in the back seat. They drive her there where she's finally able to see a doctor. They rush her into surgery uh, and she's fu- she's fine, right? So after two surgeries and two blood transfusions and 11 days spent at the hospital, she was finally released to go home. Except she didn't have a home anymore. Tornado completely took away her house. All that was left there was the basement. Now she's telling this story because she believes that she was saved and protected that day by either an angel or what other people are describing as a butterfly person. And she says, all these people that came out of the blue to help her and her parents and her family, there was something behind it. There was a force greater than they could comprehend helping her. That's why she's telling this story. And it's an incredible story. So that's what I got. So the the name butterfly people uh, comes from a lot of kids who reported seeing uh, in the middle of the disaster that was ongoing butterfly people that would be floating around, sometimes small, sometimes large, and would protect them from the tornado. Uh, there was uh, one f- one uh, uh, family with a mother and her daughter, I believe, that were in a car driving along, and they pulled over uh, in the middle of the tornado, and they were parked in a ditch when the tornado came along. And as the tornado reached them, it threw a vehicle at their car, picked up another car, and flung it at their car sitting Jeez. in the ditch. And right before the car collided with their vehicle, it made a sudden sharp twist and turn and was flung in a uh, deflected angle so that it entirely missed their vehicle. Hmm. And after the tornado passed, the the mother said, was talking to the child, and the child said, didn't you see the large butterfly um person who pushed the car away the mother i didn't see that Mm -hmm. Uh, to them the car just twisted in midair but the child reported seeing a large winged human being or humanoid uh, pushing the vehicle to the side Uh, there was a another uh, incident of um, a man with um, three no it was two two sons and they were out caught outside when the tornado came came along and they um were standing <laughs> in, in almost the middle of the path of the tornado um so if you've ever looked at uh, a tornado's pathing mm-hmm. it'll it'll show um multicolored rings generally and on the inside they generally put red towards the middle and like green or yellow that goes further out and the way that they divide a tornado that um, they'd separate tornadoes out. Like you said at the beginning, this was an EF5 tornado. Mm-hmm. Those are tornadoes that have uh, wind speeds of 200 miles an hour or above. Right. And as you go down to an EF4, to an EF3, to an EF2 um, to one, it, it's a decrease in a tornado a wind speed. So, but if you look at the pathing of a tornado, you will see that only the very middle of it is colored red. Mm. And that, that is an indication of only the middle of a tornado, uh, of an EF5 tornado, has wind speeds of 200 plus. Mm. As you go further out, it's like you are in a smaller tornado, but it's just a much larger area than a smaller tornado would cover. Mm. But it's still the lower wind speed. They were pretty far in on the uh, pathing of the tornado. Um, they were probably in like a EF3. <laughs> it was so strong that it ripped the shoes apart on, on the father. It, it, uh, it tore the soles of his shoes off Jeez. and left the top half of his shoes on because they, they were laying down. That's what you're supposed to do in a tornado. You're supposed to lay 
lay down and flatten yourself as close right, to the ground. Right, right as you can to dodge flying debris about um now after uh the tornado was passed he noticed that his son was not pressed down against the ground but had his head up and was looking about and he said um to them didn't you didn't you see all the little angels flying around Mm. and uh, he didn't but then again he wasn't looking either right um, there was uh, another. Oh, this one's really crazy. A sheriff deputy found a um, a young four-year-old boy uh, about six miles from his home, sitting in a field. Wow. Oh, is this the kid who didn't have any scratches on him? Or yeah, totally fine. Yeah. And uh, he said the angels brought me and sat me down here. Yeah, I remember reading that one. That's, okay, that's there's another totally one. Insane. People getting out of the car. Um, there, there's another one of, of where they just it's very similar to the first one where there's a car flying at them. But there was no car. It was just a, there was a tornado. But they said that they were surrounded by small butterfly people. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't say what color they were, but I'm assuming the wings were colorful because, you know, most of the time when you think of butterflies, you think uh, especially here in Texas, we think of the uh, monarch butterflies with the the orange wings. Mm -hmm. But I suppose it depends on where you are, but they're in Missouri. So what kind of butterfly would the children... I would have no idea. Yeah, I should have checked that one. (laughs) But but the general idea is these butterflies would be colorful, right? Right. But they were called butterfly people because they were so small. Right. Yeah, they Um, they were described almost as like fairies. But the but like the one where the the flying car at the the car in the ditch that one was described as big angels because they, mm-hmm. that was more to what a child would be able to right. understand. They wouldn't be like they were massive butterfly people. They were, they were <laughs> you know depending on the size is what they would describe them as. So mm-hmm. if they were big, they were angels. If they were small, they were butterfly people. But I think one of the the weirdest ones is there was a church a meeting. It was right across. From uh, so it, I was have found it difficult finding out exactly which church this is because mm-hmm. they never mention it by name. Um, but I did find what I do believe is the church because they said that it was next to a high school. Is what they keep saying about this church. There are two churches that are next to a large high school inside the tornado path that I was able to find. One was a they're all together. There's the school. And then two churches right next to each other. It's a Church of Latter-day Saints or Jehovah Witnesses. Mm -hmm. No, it's not Jehovah Witness. Church of Latter-day Saints is Mormon. That's what it is. So it's a Mormon church and a Baptist church. So I don't know which one they they say it is, but I'm pretty sure it was the Baptist church. Um, But then they said that they were gathering for mass in one of the stories, which I don't know because that's a Catholic thing. (laughs) I don't don't think it would be a Mormon thing either, though. But I don't know. So – I don't know if it was that they were gathering for math or maybe it was uh, somebody Catholic writing this and mass is what they would refer to it as. Maybe. Um, but in other ones, they just called it an evening service because it was a Sunday, right? Right. Yeah, it was Sunday. 
Now, when they when the tornado warning went off, they directed the entire congregation to go into the basement. Once they were down in the basement and the tornado passed overhead, it tore the walls of the church inwards, and the walls of the uh, church fell through into the basement. Oh, wow. And it was trapping everyone down there. Six large men to every person that was in there. This is like the the um, the explanation is six large men who none of them knew, none of them had seen before, came along and they lifted the walls um, back up and uh, out of the basement. There, There's no way. I, I've seen some pretty big guy, okay? <laughs> You're just not going to pull six of the biggest, strongest guys in any given town and be like, hey, guys, just go lift the walls of that collapsed building over there especially a large building like a church. Right. But they were able to do it, and there was only one injured person in the entire church. Wow. When the rescue squads arrived and, and everyone had the same report, the the rescuers wouldn't have believed it if everybody hadn't been telling them because it's just not possible. The rescuers were the, like the people that, you know, they, they have a little bit of an understanding of what how to get people out of collapsed building. These are like right. the, um, right, right. the EMS, probably um, got the fire department in there. Sure, you know, they're, they're the people, first responders. The first responders and all that, like especially firefighters they know a lot about collapsed building that's in their training and to tell these people that have been in training who come up with trucks with large winches on them and you know if you look at all the gear that a fire truck has for little things like uh collapsed buildings and you tell them hey just six big men came along and pulled the walls out of the basement and laid them over there (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, buddy, what you been smoking? So that that one was pretty crazy. That that is pretty crazy. So no uh, one I, no one identified these guys. No, and no one no one's seen them since. But it's kind of like that that what you were telling that story of the people that just show up in the car, right? Right, right, yeah. Or even the like, guy that carried the little girl to the the first truck. She said there was a weird smell about him. Uh, a mysterious guy came out of nowhere. So that's that's was, insane. So, so I got oh, another one. Uh-huh. Um. I can find it again. Um, had to do uh, with had to do with uh, it was it was a it was, they were in a house mm. and the house was actually fine, but all the houses around it were destroyed. Mm. Uh, oh, that's but, weird. Which is not it's not too uncommon. Crazy for it, yeah, I mean it's but, not uncommon, but it's still pretty weird when it happens. It's pretty it's pretty weird, especially considering the tornado itself. But uh, the child reported, "Hey, mom." There's there's angel thingies out there. So that's why they were called butterfly people is because in the aftermath of this storm, all these parents are getting together at the, the relief stations and all that and be like, yeah, my kids had this little cute thing. They said there was the angels guardian, guardian angels and all of that sort of thing. And mm. like, wait, my kids said that your kid said that I didn't see any, but they saw them and like, did your kid tell my kid <laughs> That sort of thing. And then the sheriff deputy comes along and said, hey, I found this kid out six miles. And um, anybody know who his parents are? Right. And by chance, do they have wings? <laughs> God. So, now, I'm not too sure about it, but are, are tornadoes pretty common in that area in Missouri? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Missouri. It and it's the no west idea. side of Missouri, so it's the it's on the edge of Tornado Alley. But pretty much anything from South Dakota down to 
I'm going to say probably around Abilene, Texas, uh, and then yeah. is well known for tornadoes. And then I'm going to say probably from the Kentucky area and like northern Alabama over to the Mississippi as well. I didn't think uh, tornadoes reached down to Texas because you just don't hear about it. At least I don't hear about it. Um, Well, not really, because tornadoes in Texas, I mean, in northern Texas, well, what you going to hit? Uh, northern <laughs> Texas just had a EF5 tornado hit. <laughs> Sucked up a whole lot of crop. <laughs> right. uh, it still looks the same. Back to you, Bob. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I the mean, panhandle, you know about tornadoes, but they're they're a whole lot less dangerous. Um, and part of the reason, like tornadoes, ninety percent or more of how a tornado kills somebody is it grabs something and whacks you with it. Mm. That's that's most of the time. Like the other bits, maybe it picks somebody up and throws them and kills them. But most of the time, it's it hits you with something or knocks something down on top of you. In West Texas, everything's so flat. I mean, <laughs> what's it going to hit you with? So, and, and then it, it's it, since it's so flat, it actually makes it easier to um, because you're not going to have any uh, wind tunnels in in that area. So mm-hmm. you're not going to have like a valley. Right, where right, right. The wind comes rushing through it and gets this uh, extra strength. You know, it, it just disperses all the suction easier everywhere so it's just less dangerous there as like if you're in the middle of a town like if you look at the pathing of this tornado uh the the u.s army corps engineers uh when they came in they they have a great map of it but it lays just perfectly on this town like you couldn't arrange it to hit this town more dead center Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it so dangerous is when it hits the building starts tearing buildings up now buildings are the safest place to be most of the time. So is it so if you're in a home uh-huh. and they and you know the generally the advice you always hear is hide in like a basement or a closet or a bathroom, right? Are those yeah. really the safest places to be? Yeah. I mean if you can get into a basement. Well, I mean yeah, yeah, okay, the basement obviously, but like a bathroom or a closet? I mean is that Uh yeah, you want a small room. A small room with um in the inside of the house. And the reason for that is you want to be as close to the studs as possible. You know, if you if you just imagine, have you ever seen the inside of a gutted house and it's just the studs? I have, yeah. You want to be in the area with the most studs. Okay. It doesn't necessarily have to be like the center. Because they always tell you, oh, try to get in the center of the house. Um, yeah, not really. If you have like a big open sections in part of your house, um, you you want to like. So you <sighs> want to go to the more stable area of the house is yeah, what you're saying. Because okay. And you look at like a collapsed house after a tornado, you go, which part of the house would I want to be in? The non-collapsed part. And if you look at, you know, a lot of the tornado destruction, most of the time it just kind of looks like half of the house gave out and like the house is leaning to one side really heavily and the roof is touching the ground at one point, right? Mm. So if you look at that house and you go, how do you figure out which side is going to be the side that gives out and which side is not going to be the side that gives out? And the most common factor is the side with the most support is the side that doesn't give out. Mm-hmm. So you just want to go to the strongest place in your house, really. But you don't want to go outside the house, because if you go outside of the house, then you get hit by free-flying debris. Sure, yeah. So I, I, But you don't want to be on a pier-and-beam house, either. So I, I wonder like, if the information on what to do in a tornado would change 
if you were in a place that had no buildings. It's like, is there ever a case where it'd be safer oh my God. to run outside of the farmhouse and go, you know, hug the scarecrow or something? <laughs> Don't know, but the uh, those tornado uh, shelters that they sell, the <clears throat> it's almost like a little... They're small, right? They're like a little bigger than a, than a coffin. Have you seen, Do you know what I'm talking about? The, yeah, they're like a, a little tank. Right, they right, fun, yeah. sink it to the ground. I'd say they're about the size of a septic tank. Those, if they're not firmly planted in the ground, it looks like it could just fly in the tornado. Mm-hmm. Maybe shoot you out somewhere. Well, the thing you got to know about tornadoes is 95% of all tornadoes are EF2 and lower. No, it's EF3 and lower or something like that. Those ones hardly kill anybody. Of the tornado deaths, the so, majority of so the those deaths are the most actually, common. yeah, most of the deaths come from EF4 or higher tornadoes. Those are the ones that start tearing apart buildings, and that's when you actually start getting death because uh, that that that's just what they find is if you destroy a ton of – if a tornado comes out and destroys buildings, that's how you know when it's going to start killing people pretty much. Mm. So I don't know what destruction would be worse, a hurricane like Hurricane Katrina or, or this tornado. Well, Hurricanes kill a lot more people. Yeah? Like regular hurricanes? Common hurricanes? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but I do know that they do a ton more damage. They they do a lot more economic damage. If you could swap all the tornadoes for hurricanes or swap all the hurricanes for tornadoes, I think that most people would just say more, t- more tornadoes. My general advice is don't live next to the coast. Well, you're always going to have people. So if you're looking at the damage of a tornado and the, the deaths and all of that, uh, on the outside, um, what was I saying? The damage of the tornado. I had, there was like a reason I was bringing up the tornado damage. It tied back into something. I, I probably got you off your train of thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy to do. <laughs> but so, all right. So would you lean towards more of a cryptid like fairy that these kids are, are seeing or do you think it is more of like a, an angel like a guardian angel watching over this town of joplin so i'm, I'm kind of torn on this one because I, I did a little research into that and if you look at biblical angels right the, the <laughs> biblical angels look nothing like what we have as the general paintings of angels right right they have the the weird um wheels and faces and multiple faces and multiple sets of yeah 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 I need to look um, into it. Yeah. If you if you look up a, a biblical author, um, painter's uh, concept of what an angel would look like, they're pretty wacky looking. Uh, so, but then again, in the Bible, there are a few angels that appear as human. Right. But those are disguises, right? Yeah. Those, is, those are disguises. Oh, this looks weird. Biblical angel? Yeah. Oh, that's so freaky, actually. Um, so one thing I've always, I mean, when I was reading this story about uh, the butterfly people and how some people were saying, oh, they're probably just angels, right? They're probably just describing angels. Mm-hmm. To me, angels, I would associ- associate them more with looking more like a, some kind of bird cryptid rather than like a butterfly because the, the wings are totally different. Yeah. So when I hear kids say oh, these are the, they're looking at and they, they associate it with a butterfly because that's the closest thing they can think of that it looks like, I'm going to go with it's probably some kind of fairy creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, not mm-hmm. to say that there weren't angels probably on that day helping protecting guiding people but these kids say they're seeing butterflies but humanoid butterflies i'm gonna believe there's some kind of fairy so one test that i was kind of think that i thought up 
And I, is just take a kid who's never seen a hummingbird before and like expose them to lots of hummingbirds at the same time. Sure. And just see if they think that they're insects or if they think that they're birds. <laughs> they're dinosaurs. Because if you, you know, if you've never seen a hummingbird before, but you've seen lots of birds and you see this little bitty hovering thing, you can't really see its wings too well, but right. it makes a bzzz right, right, right. sound as it flies around. The first thing you're going to think is that's a wasp. Without without having to see it first, just hearing it? Well, I mean, I think I, whenever I hear a hummingbird sneaking up behind me, I'm like, oh boy, here comes a big old wasp. And I turn around and go, oh, <laughs> it's just you. But so yeah, the sound, they sound a lot like wasps. But if you were to see one, would you think it was an insect or would you think it was a bird? Because if they think that a hummingbird is a bird... That means that there's no way that anyone would mistake a butterfly person for a bird person, you know? Right. Why, why didn't they call them hummingbird people? <laughs> so right. if we're talking about bird wings, yeah, there's no way that that would be what we describe as angels. After seeing that uh, uh, an old painting of a biblical angel, it's kind of <laughs> freaking me out. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think there's like six different kinds of angels, uh, and the one that you're, you're seeing there is actually a cherub. It's it's weird. That's for sure. Yeah, that's what they call a cherub, not a um, not what you think of when people say cherubs. Will be cherubs, you know, like cupids. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Which one would you rather shoot you in the butt with a bow with? Uh, the cute <laughs> cartoon one. That's the one I want. <laughs> I, I don't even want to see the other one in person, like, at all, ever. Just like, no. I wonder what, because in, in the Bible, you know, it's describing um, the exodus from Egypt, right? Sure. And there's the angel of death. Like, it doesn't describe what it looks like, but I wonder if it has its own particular look. But it's called the angel of death. Like, what does the Grim Reaper of angels look you like know, if the I mean, cherub of angels looks like that? You gotta, you gotta think, too, though. If how these people are describing what they're seeing um, to them, right? Like when they when they say they uh, Ezekiel's wheel, right? A giant wheel in the sky, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they associate. Uh, if you know, if they saw like a not that they're I'm not not that I'm saying that they're real, but okay, if you saw a UFO in the sky today and you were a primitive man and you're like, that's a wheel in the sky. What is that? You gotta think what these uh, what the Bible is actually talking about. What, Wait, what, what so these UFO- people. Actually, look angels. Like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that. That would be kind of weird because people get weird feelings around angels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They get uh, sometimes confused, right? Like dazed and confused, and uh, they they have this unsettling feeling, right? Or like if you're totally into angels, then you feel overwhelmed, enjoyed. I don't know. De- sort I guess of. it depends. I mean, if you if you read a lot of the uh, Bible things, one of the things that I in studying for this. That I found is most people, when they see angels in the Bible, the angel tells them not to be afraid. <laughs> but why, are the, why do they have to tell them to not be afraid? Do they look hideous? What do they look like? Uh, so <laughs> here, here's a, uh, a description of a seraphim. What is a seraphim? They, it's a type of angel. Okay. It has six wings. Two are for covering its faces, plural. Oh my two God. for covering its feet. And two for flying. Why does it need to cover its face and feet? I don't know. That's kind of creepy. Are these the good angels or are these the bad? Those angels? are the good angels. <laughs> Those are the bad angels are demon goats. Demon goats. Mm-hmm. What? 
Uh, and they're, uh, let's see, what's another? I need, to, another look. I need to look evil. into this. Uh, then there's other ones that are just referred to as princes. The good um, ones? No, those the, ones are good bi- and evil. Oh, so they're they're bipolar. Uh, no, 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 they're good or they're evil. But, you know, oh, they, they, they're, they're, they're found or. on both sides. Either or. Uh, then there's cherubim, and those are the those are the weird looking ones. Uh, so some of them have been described as having four faces: a man, an ox, and a lion, and an eagle. A is that supposed to be comforting? A man, a lion, an eagle, and a cherub face, <laughs> or just a man and a lion face. They have calf legs, um, <laughs> human hands, possibly four of them, four wings, and are accompanied by mysterious whirling wheels. Yeah, I. I... Just saw a picture with one with the uh, kind of like a feathery wheel. Yeah, but most of these angels in the Bible there's don't have a physical description. But the ones that do are the ones that you're like, oh my gosh, that's kind of weird. <clears throat> this is definitely weird. This is so, not I, modern not... angel description nope. that I grew up. With. <laughs> so this that, is. Uh... But there are a few that are are generally. But then you gotta think, because doesn't the Bible say that Satan was the most beautiful angel yeah so or lucifer lucifer because <clears throat> people say oh well satan's a different entity but mm. no uh lucifer yeah this is described as one of the most beautiful angels in god's kingdom so it kind of makes you wonder like if <laughs> you see these horrible looking creatures I you know, know. beauty's in the bo- uh, eye of the beholder and all sure, that. Sure, I suppose. I think the majority of the public would freak out. Um, let's see. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, let's see. So one... Okay, and then it came to pass that Joshua was by Jericho, and he lifted up his eyes, and behold, standing over him was a man with a sword. And he said, Art thou for us, or art thou for our enemies? And he said, Nay, but I am the captain of the host of the Lord, and I have come now. Uh, wait, and I, oh, it's just, and I have come now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the angel said to him, Loose thy shoes from thy foot, for thou uh, standest on a place which is holy. Okay. So that's mostly just Joshua getting a message. So I think that angels can appear as humans, but when they do, they show up with swords and armor. (laughs) I don't trust you, humans. Who forges (laughs) these swords? Is there a master craftsman up in heaven just fire all day, smacking some iron? Don't know. I mean, I have no idea. This sword is for you, Daniel, when you go down to see the human. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this is quite lovely. I could slice a cloud in half with one swing. <laughs> so, and I, have you ever heard anyone um, tell stories of times that they've bumped into angels? Uh, I re- Yeah, I remember uh, reading stories of... <clears throat> people's encounters with angels there was one lady right who was writing a book she was home alone it was really late at night and she said this uh, she was she was outside uh, drinking i think some tea sitting on one of those uh, lawn chairs and she says <laughs> out of nowhere this guy walks uh, seemingly from nowhere just like kind of like uh, fades into her backyard she can see him materializing and walking at the same time towards her and she's just flipping out right i didn't smoke weed today <laughs> and so this guy this guy yeah, i tells guess that'd her, be a good day not to smoke weed <laughs> this guy can you imagine like a <laughs> big I, angel I, I comes up with armor and a sword and he's like ah, i'm here to from the lord and all that and you're like oh smoking weed and you're like um um <laughs> Um. <laughs> well, bro. 
where did you come from? No, but she was like thinking in her head, who are you? What are you? Uh, what's going on? And he could hear her thought. And he told her out, 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 out loud, not to worry. He's an angel. Uh, he came down to visit her because she had this growing cancer cell in her. And there was a higher purpose called for her. And apparently he just removed the cancer from her and like left. So like, did, did he just whip out this big sword and be like, I'm here to do surgery. This is my cancer sword. I shall piss you through it, but it shall not hurt you except for the cancer cells. I don't know how he did it. I think he just wove, he you know waved his hand around, you know something angelic. Hmm. Anyways, he didn't he didn't appear to have wings or anything, but she did say he was insanely hot. Those were her exact words. <laughs> he, this, this guy was insanely hot, man. Huh. Uh, so it's it's kind of a weird story, <laughs> like a very weird story. Uh, so the reason why. I think bringing up angels is something that happens a lot when hearing the stories of the, the butterfly people is because the children can see them, but nobody else can. And that's that tends to point to the fact that it's not some sort of a beast or something like that. It's not beast. something physical because oh, right, right. It's, it's invisible to some people, but not but visible to others. So some people are wondering, can the butterfly people be invisible to children or is it just that? invisibility doesn't work against children i think it's because there's this saying right a lot of paranormal things happen when to someone when they're young Mm -hmm. and that's because they have an unfiltered mind of Mm -hmm. this isn't real right and when you get into an adult you kind of know better or you think you know better right You, you think you know what the world is all about and you don't believe in such things and so you're you're not prone to seeing the unusual anymore but when you were a kid, when you believed everything, you're told and because and, right? when you're a kid, you believe anything. Yeah. Yep. I can I can attest for that. <laughs> and I think if, and because we're talking about slightly biblical things here before. Yeah. yeah. It, it does say in the Bible that uh, to enter the kingdom of God, you must you must believe like a child. And I, th- I think that, that goes very well with uh, the butterfly people. Possibly angels. I mean, you can totally make up your mind for yourself, whether you believe they're fairies or if, you know, something like that and angels were happening at the same time. Well, I do think that these ones, if you're going to believe these stories, which, I mean, it's kind of hard not it's to. It's kind of I mean, hard not to. How did this four-year-old kid right. get six miles from his home in the midst of a tornado? I mean, if it's not – I mean, tornadoes have been known to pick up some things and set them down long ways away completely unharmed. But the probability of that is extremely low. And if that happens to a four-year-old kid and that kid tells me that it was angels and that he saw angels, I'm going to believe him that he saw something. Definitely did see something. So the question is, uh, if there are angels, they're definitely making it so that they're not – they're showing their human disguises and they're not doing their whole wheels and mini sets of wings. Foreheads. (laughs) <laughs> that might be another reason why they said butterfly people, because butterflies have um, uh, two wings, right? Well, but they're they, two they're, segments they're wide. of wings. They're, they're wide. wide. And in fact, you could look at a wing and almost say that it was two because it has two peaks on their wings, right? I if mean, something. Yeah, it could be. I suppose if that angel had like different colored wings, you know. Well, let's say let's say you, you, the angel had six wings. Sure. Okay, three on each side, and they're all flapping in unison, or it's doing something like covering its face with two of its wings. 
covering two of its faces <laughs> with, <laughs> with two of its wings and flying with the other four. But the other ones are flapping in unison because you wouldn't have wings flapping out of unison. Would it look more like one wing, like a butterfly wing? Just, just a thought that hit me. Anyway. I don't know because <clears> – <throat> Correct me if I'm wrong. Wings flap up and down, right? Butterfly wings flap to the side, like forward and backward, right? Uh, it depends on which direction the butterfly is going, but a lot of times they do flap up and down. I thought they always said forward and backward. Um, you, yes, but no. They, they do a lot of that forward and backward stuff when they're doing precision mover, maneuvers, like they're about to land on something or they're taking mm. off or they're moving around things. They have to change the direction of which way they're flapping. But if they're just traveling... I see. Um, I mean, think about the the butterflies that you've hit along the road. Those <laughs> ones are flapping up and down. I don't... I mean, I can't physically okay, well, next see time the butterfly Next time you're plowing through a field of butterflies with your car, <laughs> just be just notice how much... Uh, just notice the, the beauty of their uh, horizontal bodies flapping the wings uh, vertically at, right before they go... Pfft, on your windshield and leave a nice little stain. I suppose. So, yeah, uh, butterflies do both. Well, something definitely happened in the town of Joplin, Missouri. This is, I, I really don't have a, a set theory on what it is exactly. I, I don't either. But, yeah, it was something. Mirac- uh, miraculous stories, nonetheless. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I think we I think we about covered everything we have. Do you know that tornadoes that, that are EF5, they're, they're very rare. <clears throat> Right. In fact, sometimes we can go whole years without even one being spotted. So it's kind of it's bad luck that you get hit dead center by one of these. I'm glad lo- I'm glad I live in an area where I don't have tornadoes or hurricanes or earthquakes or earthquakes. That's true. Or tsunamis or volcanoes. <laughs> Just but gonna, you do live in an area that does have meteorite strikes. I. T- I've never seen that happen. Never even heard of that happening recently. Look at the Gulf of Mexico. I'm sure it happens. Yeah, look at the Gulf of Mexico and the way it's shaped. Okay. One big meteorite. Uh, who came down? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, a long time ago, but, you know, just know, if there's another meteorite raining, this time it's not going to get the dinosaurs. It's going to get the Eric Patinos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, Eric Patino's are dinosaurs. Yeah, I don't know if I would call that <laughs> if I would call that a crater. Do you think that's where Atlantis was? Yeah. No. Mm, you never know. I think, personally, I think Atlantis could nah, could have been nah, really anywhere. Texans are I think Texans it, are the descendants of Atlanteans. <laughs> totally my new theory. I will make a book out of that. <laughs> the, the thing about um, tornado, the tornado in um, that city is it was right on the cusp of being an EF5 or being EF4. So there was a lot of people that said at first that it was just an EF4, but on later review, there's a few people that said, ah, oh, for a short period of time, it was an EF5. So, but like a very tiny, tiny portion of it. So like mm-hmm. if you look at the whole trail, I think that they only said like a tiny part of that was an EF5. It certainly destroyed quite a lot in its path. Yeah. It's the most destructive tornado, most, um, most, Human casualties uh, in a tornado in North America since like 1947, something like that. Yeah. So it's a very long time. Guess that's how they do it now. Well, I suppose that'll conclude today's episode. Uh, do you have any final uh, thoughts? Uh, tornadoes suck. <laughs> Literally. Literally. 
<laughs> All right. Well, thank and you for on those words of uh-huh. wisdom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you have a nice day. <laughs> yes. We'll catch you in the next episode.